0: Today is Thursday, which means we're bringing you girls that start up a weekly series where we spill the tea on how to create a seven-figure side hustle because no one saves their way to wealth. You're joined today by Sim, a multi-seven-figure business owner, and with me is Maya, an entrepreneur in the making. Hello, Maya. Kia ora, Sim. I love the multi. We got to update it. We, we got to keep going. Of course. How are you? You know what? I am so excited. I went today to a high school in South Auckland. And for those that aren't from the area, South Auckland is like, there's some parts of it which are like our lower sort of socioeconomic high schools. Or like, we, we have decile systems, like, decile one is like sort of a not so well off school, DSL 10 is like a very well-funded school. So I went to Papakura High School and did like an investing workshop for the kids there. That's so cool. Yeah, it
1: was so fun. I would have loved to receive that workshop when I was in high school. That's awesome. I was like, hi, my name is Simran and I am here to talk to you about money. And (laughs)
0: like, you always just think like a high school kid's scary, but they were so sweet. They were so lovely. And it's just it's different going back to a high school and being similar ages to like the teachers. Like I was relating to the teachers oh, wow. more than the students.
1: No. Yeah. Wow. That's a bit of a mind boggle, isn't it? It is. I'm like, oh my God, I'm not 16 I'm, anymore. <laughs> I'm young. I'm young like you guys. Yeah. And they have all of these new terms and like slang words, and you're like, sorry,
0: what? Like one of the things I was going to include in my speech is I was gonna be like, you know, and then I went to this event and I heard this amazing speech by Raven Simmons. And then I was like, they're not gonna know Raven Simmons from That's So Raven. <gasps> I don't think they
1: watched That So Raven. Oh my gosh. Not the original. That they, they did a like a recreate one. Did they? They did. And it's not good. Is it not? <gasps> no. I mean nothing's really as good as the original though, is it? Nothing is as good as the original.
0: I yeah, it's it was it was bad. But I'm very excited today because we are talking about one of my favorite concepts, and I've never actually chatted about this before. I've never done it in a workshop. I've never done it in a business speech or a keynote, and so you're going to hear it for the first time
1: right here, exclusive content with Sim and Maya. Let's get into it. Beautiful. Thank you for the exclusive, Sim, because I've never heard of this in terms of business. Uh, So what is the 80-20 rule? And why is it important? So, the 80 20 rule, also known as the Pareto principle,
0: is this idea. There's books around it, there's been studies around it. And the main purpose of it is it defines that approximately 80% of your efforts come from 20% of your causes. And in business, it's really important to pinpoint the important factors, the 20% of what you do that actually creates 80% of your output. So for example, let's say that you have lots of different things that you sell in your business. Let's say you are a candle making business and you sell lots of different candles. You will realize that 80% of your revenue actually only comes from a few candles. Like one or two candles are your best sellers and they constantly sell and they're always out of stock. And the rest of them people are like, I don't really need a a shoe-shaped candle. They're like, oh, I don't really know if I want that, but I love the candle of like the one in the shape of a body or I love the candle that's like the sort of unique. I love the ones where they look like they're weaved. Geometric. Yeah. Yeah. geometric candles, like they're just... Entwined. The ones that look like they've been woven with like wool. Amazing. I've never looked at a shoe candle and said, I want that on my shelf though. No. I don't know if it's like the immigrant in me. I'm like, shoes are dirty. I don't want that on a
1: shelf. or they're just not not as aesthetic as a ball of wool. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Our age is showing. Anyway,
0: so the idea is that in your business... 80% of like your revenue or like the good things that come for your business actually come from 20% of your work. There's a few products in every business. I mean, Apple is a great example. The iPhone is definitely Apple's number one seller. Not everyone has a MacBook, not everyone has AirPods, but most of their money, most of their revenue comes from the phone itself, and so each year you'll hear all this press and all this hype around the next iPhone is coming. I mean, the iPhone 15 just got announced that it's going to be released this year in 2023. You don't hear them talk about oh my god the next macbook is on its way oh my goodness the next do they even do ipads anymore i'm sure they do but they don't like make it a big deal they know what their core business is and why is that important why does that matter well it means you can focus down on what works do that even better and work less while making more
1: Mm, okay I liked the examples because that helped me to understand it better. I'll give you an example of what we've done in Girls That Invest
0: as well. Oh, so, please. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you, that did not need any convincing. Girls That Invest, we have a number of ways we, we make income. We have our courses. We have our brand partnerships. We do workshops. We have our book, which brings it like trinkles and a little bit of money every now and again. And what else do we do? I think that's kind of the main stuff. If someone was like, okay, Simran, where does 80% of your revenue come from? I could tell you the three things it comes from. It comes from our courses, it comes from our partnerships, and then it comes from our speaking engagements. The first two kind of equal, the last one, not as much. So if I had to focus my time and energy It is not going out and getting speaking engagements. It is not going out and spending time getting a speaking coach. If I wanted to improve my business, I need to focus on the 20% of things that bring in 80% of the revenue. I need to focus on courses and I need to focus on partnerships. And that is how you move the needle in your business. You could also then apply that to your social media. So Mm. Girls That Invest is really good at Instagram. We are really, really good at Instagram. We are okay at TikTok. We're, We're not bad. We're also really good at podcasting, I like to think. And we're average, not so great at like Twitter. If I spent equal amounts of energy and time trying to grow from the start, a really good Twitter and a really good newsletter and a really good Instagram account and a really good TikTok account, I would get nowhere. But I knew that I was good at Instagram. So I focused all of my time on just trying to grow one or two things. And then that let me get a much much larger output. Growing just Instagram and growing a podcast and focusing all my energy on that is where majority, 80% of our audience come from, social media, Instagram, and our podcast. And so that has been a much better use of my time. Mm. So
1: the whole working smarter, not harder kind of thing.
0: This whole episode and my entire life.
1: It's all about working smarter, not harder. We do not want to hustle. Absolutely not. We, we want-, want to work smarter, more effectively so that we have more time to chill. I was going to say, to do what, Maya? You paused there. <laughs> to chill, man.
0: To <laughs> Free time. <laughs> to relax. The whole world, like our whole life is not business. Our whole life is not to make money. I love making money. I mm-hmm. love business. But... What I love more is the lifestyle and the freedom and the impact that Mm -hmm. I get to have. And I love being able to clock off and do other things that I enjoy as well. And so this entire episode is all about making sure we don't burn out, making sure that we're making as much money as possible and making sure that we're actually putting our time and effort into the things that matter.
1: Mm, Love it. Sim, how can people identify the 20% to work on their business to work smarter instead of harder.
0: So this part does require a little bit of data, a little bit of numbers, a little bit of research. And you know, mm-hmm. it's I you know, I kind of love it. I don't I'm not gonna pretend like I don't. But what I did is I had looked at Our revenue. So we use like a software that anything that comes into the Girls Invest Bank account, the software tracks it and tags it and says, like, this money has come in from the course or this money has come in from partnerships. And at the end of each month or each year or every quarter, I can have a look and go, okay, well, where is the money coming from? Okay, a lot of money is coming from partnerships. Not that much money is coming in from speaking engagements. So that lets me work out like top down where Mm -hmm. the most money is coming from and what that is doing. And so that is one way to quite easily work out where you're coming from, from a revenue point of view. If you're Mm -hmm. a business that sells lots of products, it is quite easy on your, especially if you're like an e-commerce business or you're like a physical products business, you can look at data and see what are the things that sell the most. So when I had the Indian Feminist and we did like lots of products, we had hundreds or. Almost hundreds of products that we sold, like T-shirts, mugs, tote bags. I looked at what sells the most, and it was Mm -hmm. stickers and T-shirts. Those were the two things. And then within T-shirts, which design you know, went out the most, which stickers were selling the most. And then you can double down on that and go, okay, well, that's the product that I'm going to gift influencers because that's the most popular product. That's at 20% that brings in 80% of the revenue. So that's how you can do it from a sales and revenue point of view. But you can Mm -hmm. also do it from a marketing point of view. So what companies do is rather than just putting out like one ad on Facebook or Instagram, they will try out five different variations of the ad and they will see which is the best performing ad, which one do people click on. And so they will then increase how much money they put into that ad and decrease the other ones. Mm, I didn't know that one. Does that make sense? Or am I just
1: nerding out? No, no, it, it <laughs> makes sense because it's like okay, I've got these five options, and I want to see what performs best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing.
0: And so that's really how we start to do it. You've got to do a little bit of work. You got to just see, look at the numbers. Where are things going? Where are they coming from? And then what is my? In another way, you're basically saying, what's my best performer? What's my best performing product? What's my best performing ad? Who, if you're doing podcasts, what's my best performing topic or episode?
1: Hmm. So, it's doing a little bit of rangaho, a little bit of research into your business, your product, your services, and taking inventory of what works the best and kind of numbering that off and then focusing in on like the top three that works best for you.
0: And you can honestly apply this to any business. Like if you're a service-based business, you could look at your customer feedback or customer complaints and be like, what are the top 20 issues? Like what are the top 20% of things that people have as problems? Because if I can fix the top 20% of problems that people in my industry face, then that can alleviate 80% of customer dissatisfaction. Like that can make things so much easier and it just it's like I don't know, I, I love it, I absolutely love it. You can also use it for things like innovation like which 20% of our ideas that we want to do for the business we have all these things that we can think of. What's the few things that are going to move the needle so much more? Basically if I could summarize the concept up in one sentence, it's trying to find quality over quantity.
1: Mm, that's a good way of explaining it all. No, I had to think about it. I was like, yeah, no, that's that's really good. You're just really focusing your energy on what works best. There is work to do to get more familiar with your business and what is going on, but you reap the rewards because you're able to double down on that 20% that really works best for you, right? 100%. And so
0: What I would say if you're sitting here and you're like, okay, Sim, do you have like other examples that you can share with me about how you applied this in Girls That Invest? Mm -hmm. I knew that there are so many different ways that you can, as a media company, make money, as a media company explore different channels i've always like toyed and we've always been asked by a lot of people can you make a youtube channel can you please make a youtube channel i want to do youtube i want to see you on youtube we've had people say i don't even listen to podcasts like i'm not going to listen in but if you made a youtube channel i would watch that and we've been like that is fair but we know that the amount of effort to make a youtube channel is going to be a lot And the output of that YouTube channel, all we're going to gain from that channel is views, which is not a bad thing, and sponsors, which is not a bad thing, but we can do that on the podcast. Mm. And so why increase, like it, it helps me make business decisions. Like I could add another platform to my roster, make YouTube videos, learn how to do thumbnails, learn how to make content, learn how to keep people engaged, hire an editor, hire or spend time like replying to the comments. Like I could do all that. But that's going to increase my workload. Why increase my workload when I know that to make impact in my business I can do that through a podcast to make revenue in my business I can do that through the podcast like why not just double down on what I'm good at than trying to spread myself way too thin and so it's allowed me to say yes at times when things are right and to say no when I know that things are wrong and to feel confident in those decisions So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win, win, win to learn more about how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business. Visit stripe.com slash tap
1: iPhone today. So really focusing on the strengths of the business and what the business has to offer and kind of using that as a pillar so when, you know, you did get a little times waiver, you can reflect on that plan and be like, is this part of this 20%? Would this be effective for my business?
0: A hundred percent. Because as you grow and like this will happen to anyone listening, because if you're listening to this Series with girls at startup. Like you're clearly onto it. You're clearly taking home gems of business. Fabulous. (laughs) Fantastic advice from some outstanding humans.
1: Outstanding. (laughs)
0: But but what you'll learn as your business grows is you will be inundated with more and more opportunities. As you grow, people will be like, "Hey, you should come do this with me, or you should come do that with me. You should create this. You should do that. Like you should collab with this person. You should. You just get so many things in. And if you can learn now, if you're a smaller business or you're still growing, if you can learn the 80-20 rule now, it's going to help you sift through the external noise so much easier because as a business, I can look at opportunities that come our way. When I was younger, I used to be like, oh my God, I have to take everything. I don't want to disappoint people. Mm. But now I'm like, does this move the needle for us? Because if I spend three hours going to that event and trying to help, That's not really me using the 80-20 rule because I could spend less time having a much greater impact doing it a different way. So here's an example. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of social media consultancy. We have a lot of people be like, hey, can you help us learn how to do social media? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And I've continued to do that time and time again. And I realized I wasn't applying the 80-20 rule because I'm teaching all these different people the same thing. And so I could spend like hours every single week teaching different people the same strategies and blueprint that I've used, or I could record myself doing it once and then turn it into a course that's putting 20% of my time into something
1: that gives me a much higher result. Mm, that makes so much sense. So Sim, can you, for someone who's just found out about the 8020 rule they are in business kind of new how can they apply the 8020 rule into their business now what easy three steps i think the first step to apply the 8020 rule is
0: I want to challenge you. I want you to try and look out for it because you might not actually be convinced yet. You might be like, nah, like everything I do is really helpful for my business. 100% of what I do gives me 100% (laughs) outputs in my company. I mean, that is how it comes across, right? I want you to try and see if you can look around you in life and see if you can find examples of the 80-20 rule. It doesn't have to be in business. It might be you realizing, hey, if I like work out, If I go for a walk every day, like that makes me feel so much better. And it's a little thing that has such a large impact on me. Or even if you're, you know, if you're a stats girly, you could plug in some numbers and see it for yourself too. But I think if you're trying to apply it for your business, step one, understand what makes my business move forward the most in terms of revenue. What is working the most revenue wise? I want you to write down three things. What has brought in you the most money? And then, advertising wise, what has worked the best in terms of bringing in new customers? Has it been Instagram? Has it been paid ads? Has it been jumping on other people's podcasts and being interviewed by them? Has that given you big spikes? I want you to go look at your email list or your social media accounts and look for spikes where people have suddenly all rushed in and try and work out what caused that huge jump. So now you're working out What's the best way to make revenue? We're working out what's the best way to get new people to come in. And then I want you to work out what is the feedback that you've been getting and what are the three biggest pain points that people are having in your industry? So what is the thing that people are most upset about? Now you've got a business model where you know exactly what brings you the most money. You know exactly how to get more people coming to you and you know exactly what upsets them the most. Like if people always keep saying, I'm like in our business with Girls That Invest, people are always like, I feel overwhelmed. Investing is so overwhelming. There's so much jargon. The word overwhelm is one of the top complaints. So we're gonna make sure that we address that. We're not saying, hey, I know you're not smart enough to invest. We're saying, hey, I know there's so much information out there and we're gonna help you sift through the noise. That's brilliant. So that's step one. We're onto a good little path here. Yes. (laughs) Step two is actually applying it. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> because it's one thing to be okay. like, I don't want to call anyone out except for myself, but there are so many times when I'll have realizations in my business and I'm like, wow. And then I just forget. And I'm like, okay, that's just going to be another little thing to add to my notes app of a million things that I should try at some point. <laughs> <laughs> because I have looked at ways to improve a lot of systems in our company. And then I've just been like, eh, I'll do that another time. And I I do that because I know that even though these systems take like three hours to do, they don't really move the needle. They're not really part of our 20%. Like it is okay if our link in bio is not by Linktree. Like that's not something that we have to choose. That's not something we have to move to. Like we use this random link.bio company and it's not Linktree and it doesn't look as nice as the other ones. And we probably would convert more if it was aesthetic. It's just, it's not a big driver. Like I'd just rather spend that time doing other things. The third thing that you can do to start using the 80-20 rule is make like a, a Google doc or an Excel spreadsheet of things that you have tried and then a list, once you try them, like new things that you want to do for your business, like let's say you're like, hey, I want to see how helpful it would be if we started doing Instagram lives. Or I want to see how helpful it would be if we started writing like personalized thank you letters to people that have taken our workshop or bought our product. Does that increase how many people start sharing that on their Instagram story? An example for Girls That Invest is we have asked You know, we have a call to action at the end of the episode and we're like, hey, if you've really enjoyed this episode, could you please take a screenshot, put it on your story and tag us. It helps spread the message. We've had so many, and honestly, guys, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. We've had so many people starting to do that more because it's a call to action. And so by doing this tiny little thing, it's helped us grow so, so, so much. So you write down everything you've tried. And then after three months of doing it, you want to rate it out of one to three, like has it been effective or has it not? And then you can continue to narrow down things. If something hasn't been effective and you've done it for three months, let it go. You don't have to keep doing it. You don't have to like do things for a year and then review them, try them for a quarter. And as time goes on, there'll be less and less things that you do, but they're only effective things.
1: Mm. Process of elimination. Process of elimination. Oh, we love it. We're working smarter and not harder. We're in
0: a new era. Just the hustle version of Sim has just burnt out to
1: the ground. She, she,
0: she, there's nothing <laughs> She's left. She's left the building, <laughs> which is fabulous to hear. She has disintegrated.
1: Yes, because that that was real. And from the ashes, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> And from the ashes of the 80-20 rule, she rose again and she has more flexibility and time in her life and she's thriving. And she's finding how she can work less
0: and still have an impact and still create change, but also just live a life where she's
1: happy. <laughs> Look, Sim, you've sold me on the 80-20 rule. I'm going to do those three steps with while being with Maya and that'll be on the Instagram. <laughs> front and content wise but I think you've really given some simple steps that people at the very beginning of their business journey or whether they're years in their business journey so that was actually really helpful and you've broken them down really easily for someone who had no idea what the 80-20 rule was in business
0: and also if you have listened to this episode and gone okay I really like this I want to learn more there is a book called The 80/20 Principle look I I'll be honest I have not read it it is by Richard K- Kuch, Koch K O C H and it's called the sort of like subtitle is achieve more with less it is honestly one of the like top productivity business books out there so it's not this like cute little random book it's like very well mm-hmm. recognized and it just it breaks things down more but you've kind of learned everything you need to know from this episode mm-hmm. we've saved you a book we've saved you like 20 hours of your life and now you can go and apply that to other things to create 80 percent more impact in your business
1: that is beautiful sim thank you all right see you next week Maya. bye Kaki-te. and as always to
0: finish off with our disclaimer